Welcome to the Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles and I'm the host of the Sendcast. We started this podcast a few years ago to help improve knowledge around SEND. There is lots of stuff to read, but we're all very busy. The phrase, every teacher is a teacher of SEND, is currently an ideal, not a reality. We created the Sendcast to try and help solve that problem, to help make schools more inclusive, to help teachers be teachers of SEND. The Sendcast is also a really, really good way to get the same information to schools and parents. Every week on the Sendcast, we have a different guest that I have invited on to talk about a topic they specialise in. This week, we're discussing using music to support inclusion across the curriculum with my guest, Al Start. Al has worked with children for over 20 years in a variety of ways, and over the last 15 years, she's created and taught and performed songs for children. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you about B Squared. Over the last 25 years, we have supported schools to support students with SEND. Our assessment products use in over 10,000 schools around the world to help show small steps of progress. With around 1,500 using Connecting Steps, our assessment software. Our evidence system, Evisense, helps schools capture and share the achievements their pupils are making. Our online CBD platform, Training for Education, started two years ago with the Virtual Send Conference, but now includes a range of training courses as well as our conferences. If you'd like to find out more about B-Squared and how we can help your school, go to our website, www.bsquared.co.uk. There is lots of information available and you can book an online meeting to find out how we can support you. Or you can drop me an email. My email address is simply dale at bsquared.co.uk. Let's get on with the podcast. In this week's show, we're discussing using topic-based songs across the curriculum to boost inclusion. Joining me today is Al Start. They won't be singing again from me. Al is a singer-songwriter who specialises in music for children's schools throughout her company, Go Kid Music. But I will really try not to sing. Really, really real. I'm going to leave that to Al. Al has worked with children through creative art organisations and local authority play services. Al has also toured the UK and East Coast USA performing her music. Welcome to the show, Al. Thank you. It's great to be back. Excellent. Songs get stuck in your head. We remember songs for years. remember nursery rhymes from our childhood. They help in so many ways. And it makes sense to use songs and music more widely in school. It sure does. It absolutely does. So today we're going to be really talking about how you can use music and singing as a learning tool. Yeah. Really helping your students to uh, retain facts, to learn those kind of key concepts that you want to help them remember. Using songs in other areas of teaching, so not just in your music lesson. Being able to use it as a kind of a learning tool, as well as it being great fun and creative, great for children, you know, who perhaps don't learn in a conventional way as well. So let's think about that, the idea of music as a tool Mm. rather than music being just a lesson. So if we think of everyone has a favourite song, you can hum it, you know it, it keeps you calm, it helps you when you're stressed. But also, if you think of an advert from your childhood. Now, I personally, when I think of adverts from my childhood, I can hear the music. I know um, there was in the 80s, there was a shop in London, never been there, but called Arding and Hobbs. And I know the advert, the single, Arding 
singing already. Arding, Arding, <laughs> Arding and Hobbs. And it's in my head. I've no idea what Arding and Hobbs, I think it was a department store. I don't know it, but the advert is stuck in my head. Yeah. And advertisers know this. Advertisers know how much these things get stuck in your head. They are pros. They, they know. are pros. They know the music makes that sale because it just, you can't get it out of your head. You know, we've all had an earworm, haven't we? Where yeah. it's gone round and round and round. And it could be something random, like an advert or a TV theme tune, something like that. You know? Yeah, and it is. It is that that, that TV tune, like the bill. If yeah. I just say the bill, we're all everyone now hearing. So we're hearing it. We're so it. <laughs> everything. If I say try to say neighbours without saying it, uh, neighbours <laughs> or <laughs> something dramatic's just happened. Um, so. We all have these things in our head and it makes us think of things. So, and it is a tool. It's not just let's learn a song. Yeah. That, that music has lots of ways you can use it. Yeah. Well, I discovered this, you see. I, I didn't set out to think, right, I'm going to be very clever and write a song that's going to help people learn. I didn't do that at all. I just chanced upon it, really. So as a songwriter, you know, you can write song about anything we listen to songs all, all the time and generally as songwriters try to write things that connect with their audience you know they write about something which is why we hear so many songs about love relationships broken hearts I fancy this person you know or I'm stressed out or oh, I haven't got much money left but I still love you anyway will you you know all these kind of like themes you know universal yeah. themes but they tend to be it tends to be you know adult songs tend to really get you because they're about love and wanting and longing and all those big emotions. So when I started songwriting, I sort of think, right, I love songwriters like Joni Mitchell who will write a story or write about somebody. And yes, it is about that theme of love, but it's all wrapped up in, oh, I know this person and they're called Sharon and I haven't seen them for a long time or, you know, and it's just like a lovely story. And by the end of it, it's just a really much more interesting way perhaps of exploring you know, that classic topic. So I thought, oh, right, how can I be a bit more clever? You know, and I, I would really try and write songs when I was writing for, you know, as an adult songwriter for adults. I would just try and use stories, anecdotes, memories, you know, things that we can relate to perhaps from our childhoods, you know, sensations and things, but just try and make it a little bit more interesting. As a writer, that's something that I've always, you know, I've, I've tried to do, tried to come in from a different angle you know, I was persuaded to write songs for children. I was telling you in our last podcast together that a head teacher asked me because they used to see me carrying my guitar and I was a play worker and I used to run the after school club at their school. And she'd see me carrying my guitar going off to do a gig after the session. And she said, would I sing with the children? And for about 20 years, I said no. I was like, no, I will not be singing with the children. I work really hard to write songs, you know, that I'm are really... I'm a serious musician. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no way, no way I'm going to be, you know, singing really simplistic songs for children. I just thought, that is, how dare you, frankly? How dare you, madam, ask me to do such a thing? And, um, you know, I just remembered singing as a child being um, really a bit of a letdown and just feeling, you know, that there are a couple of songs that we used to sing at school that I really loved. I remember the teachers saying, do you know, children, you sing this song beautifully. This song is going to be our school song. I really remember sitting assembly with the whole rest of our school 
And there was one song, but it was a great song. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, everyone sang it brilliantly and the teacher standing up the front wondering why, I don't know why, but you just sing this song brilliantly. And I, and I just remember thinking, even, you know, at eight years old, because it's a good song, because yeah. it's really good and we love it. And all the other songs are rubbish and they're really boring. And so no one bothers. No. You know, so I kind of had that idea that somehow a song that was for a child was of less value yeah. than a song that was for an adult. It must be, right? Because not many people write songs for children. No. But everyone wants to be, you know, a songwriter that gets adults sing, you know, and sings about love and relationships and whatever and, you know, has lots of people coming to their gigs. I'm just going to go to that, that telling a story. Yeah. Because that was a great bit. And, yeah. um I don't know if you're a film person, but Guardians of the Galaxy films, oh, yeah. they have great music. Okay. So uh, it's all 70s yeah. and uh, it's 10cc. Mm. There's some stuff I knew. Um, you've got uh, some Fleetwood Mac in there, The it Chain. Ma- it makes a film, right? It, it makes a film. And my kids love it. Mm. And one of the songs on the soundtrack is the Do You Like Pina Colada song. Oh, yeah. So do you know that one? Yeah, yeah. It's a full story, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So my daughter listened to that and she said, I went, Oh. oh, I was like, what? She went, that song. I went, it's a nice it's song. She went, wife. no, oh. it's a story. I went, story. I went, yeah. oh, you've lit. And she literally listened to the story. And there are certain songs where she sat there mm. and it makes you listen. So Do You Like Pina Colada is a good example of that. Yeah. Another very good example, which is so not, so do, do not use this, is a Stan by Eminem. Okay. It's a fan writing to Eminem. Yeah. And it, I sit there and again, it stops. And I sit there and I listen to the words yeah. every time. Mm. It's been out for a very long time. Yeah. But I listen to it. And it, again, it takes me on a journey. Yeah. It's a great one. Do, and you, remember, other, do you remember Copacabana? Do you yes. remember Barry Manilow? Barry I Manilow. I loved that. I was like, oh, it's a story. Her name was Lola. I was like, oh my God, it's about someone. And it, it, you have these stories. Another one is um, Adele, someone like you. Yeah. And again... What I would notice on that is when that was released, we'd be driving along as a family and we're talking and that song would come on and we'd all go completely silent because we're listening to that story that she wants to find someone like you. She obviously realised she missed the boat and she's really happy for you. She says, no, it's nice and nice way. It's not like I'm going to get her away. <laughs> it was quite a nice, I missed the boat. I'm really half glad you found someone. I wish I could find someone like you. I think that's the story. But we would all sit in there listening to that song and it's mm. telling a story and we're listening to that story and that story goes in mm. and I think that's a great thing about songs there are some silly songs um, itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini <laughs> uh, why are you even saying those words in this it's, podcast um, <laughs> it's, I think in, 19, in 2021 that song needs to someone needs to go what and YouTube it and then regret <laughs> please don't um, do it this is a warning, official warning don't do it <laughs> other songs are purely love based but others are just silly stuff yeah but then there are those songs which are telling a real story not just Mm. saying i hate you and it's very simplistic that they are actually in reality a story which is kind of a poem which has been put to music and there is a full-on structure to that song yeah Um, children really they're programmed to listen to stories yeah and you, you can take, and they know what's coming. So another song, which I've, I think I mentioned previously to you, was um, I Wasn't Expecting That is the main line. I can't remember who sings it, but it's a story of him meeting his girl somewhere. And then that family, that whole story, becoming a couple, getting married, becoming a family. Mm. And then when the doctor said it had come back again, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, yeah. So you get a full... Yeah. 
Ooh. And then it's a real And you listen again, heart. you sit there listening to the radio, listen to that, and all the DJs know not to speak over this song. They don't mm. cut it off at the end. They right. let it get to the end and stop. Yes. And if you want to get a real tearjerker, somebody has put the love story at the beginning to up. Oh no. To that song. Oh no. So you get the them having that couple in the house. Not and the, the saddest opening to a Disney yes. movie of all time. <laughs> on top of that song whoa and that will really so yeah so again there's a story and you mm. watch that yeah again so stories mm. in music are huge and powerful because it's not just you read a story mm. it's something about hearing it and it, certain instruments you get emotion from instruments every instrument oh, yeah. has a different emotion when attached to it so yeah. you get the brass and it's strong and mm. brash and the, the strings can be cool. a variety it could be a variety be quite almost could break at any moment and then you've got the woodwind. So you, every, you can get lots of different moods and stuff from music, which mm. really can add. Yeah. So you can, if I'm telling this story, what, what sort of instrument? So again, you can literally, as well as telling a story, the music can really emphasise that emotion and really hit home. Mm. And you can just do little things, different instruments, random thing, a forest gump, the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I, I love music, can't play it. If you listen to the, there's a, there's a theme, there's a forest gump sweet whatever it's called is like the theme and if you listen to it it's that little simplistic riff and it kind of goes on so it starts really simple because the film starts as a child and then it kind of changes just subtly and one of it sounds very 80s or 70s just the choice of the instruments and it changes and gets more complex as he gets older as it goes through those years yeah so it's like a really simple bit of music clever there's no words but i'm listening to it going he's Mm. getting older we've now hit the 80s and i'm visualizing it just for the choice of the instruments um and i'm really going sidetracked from topics but i'm just helping people realize there's these stories and then that multi-century part mm. of that music you can say this is a scary song or this is a fun song mm. or this is a bit sinister mm. so i can imagine like a guy fork song yeah would be quite loud it'd be quite sinister with noisy things like that i can imagine yeah. it being quite fun yeah you can really play with the, the arrangement of the music and yeah so setting the scene and and creating then, that mood. If you're someone who likes me, <laughs> when he reads along, and someone says, well, how was he feeling during that? It's like, I don't know. But he just went a long way journey. So how's he feeling? Tired? <laughs> Why did he make the journey? Someone who kind of didn't always get that from books, mm. that maybe that music would help me understand how that person was feeling. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. for some people who may not, we get that comprehension part, may not understand how from just reading a line of text. Yes. He wiped his brow from his sweat. Why did he do that? Yeah. Because it was hot. No, it's because he was tired. Well, how do you know he was tired? Yeah. He didn't say he was literal. tired. Yeah. yeah, I'm quite I'm quite mm. literal. So mm. I even get that. But you can imagine with some music you can do something, you can change that you can arrangement to tell more of that story. Yeah, you really can. I mean, I, I don't think there's any any other way that you can change the atmosphere in a room but by putting on different music. Couldn't you? Yeah. You know, you could you could do it at a conference, or, you know, as an example, or with your class even, as an example, and play them a piece of music, you know, that's very sort of jolly and nice and nice and friendly and whatever, and people will be like, oh, this is nice, relax. Then hit them with something really, really stressful, you know, and dramatic, and it will change the atmosphere. People will change, you know, how they're sitting or how they're feeling, you know, looking at each other, yeah. play something else that's, you know... I don't know, re- reminds them of something that's really reminiscent or something. Especially if, like, a year six child, you play that song they used to sing in year one, they'd be like, 
I'm year, I'm in year one again, and I'm back to being that little you know child. They love that. They do. That's the thing. <laughs> they so, love it. <laughs> and we all do that. We sit there, and yeah. before we um, before we started recording, I mentioned a song in our first podcast we recorded together called Conkers. Oh, Collecting yes. Conkers. And I played that, and it's like, and again, I was straight back. Music can take you back, and it helps you think about feelings and things like that. So, yeah, with topics, yes, you can use those songs not just to say. Back in this era, it was a dark time. It was this and blah, blah, blah. You can actually use music to create a feeling around that. And not just a feeling. When I started writing songs for children, you know, initially I picked some subjects that I knew that they would really engage with, you know, like about a creepy castle. I think the first children's song I ever wrote, well, I know for a fact, because it's still one of my most popular songs, weirdly. But I thought, right, I'm going to... I'm going to write a song about tiptoeing around a creepy castle at night and being a brave explorer. Ooh, there's a ghost, you know, and it's got this big chorus about running away. And um, that was really fun. It went down really well, you know, and from there I sort of started writing other songs that I knew that the children would really enjoy the topics, you know, because I'd worked with them for many years in play. And then after I'd started teaching a few of these songs to children... Some of the teachers were like, that's great, and the children love it, and they sing it all the time. They sing it in the classroom. We hear them in the playground. They sing it at, you know, this time, that time. They want us to sing it all the time, you know. And then I think probably a teacher said, if you could write a song about, say, the Great Fire of London, and they sang that all the time, wouldn't that be great? So I was like, oh, right. So the words would be about what you want them to to learn. So that's kind of how it developed, really. And that was in just one school, you know, and so the teachers would say, oh, our our topic this term is going to be planting and growing. Do you know any songs about that? And I'd go, well, I don't, but I could write one. So then I'd find out what the key concepts were, what are the vocabulary that the children need to know, are there dates, are there certain things that they're going to do as activities while you're learning about the topic. You know, and I'd do a little bit of research online and find out what the the sort of framework of of the topic was. And put that into a song. And then through that, suddenly realise that there you've got a really, really great learning tool for exactly all the reasons that you were just talking about, Dale. You know, that the children engage in it. It creates an atmosphere. You know, you can sort of really think of an angle for the Great Fire of London. I sort of tell the story of it. How did it happen? It starts like early in the morning at 1am as London town was sleeping tiny spark lit the dark and the fire came a creeping you know and it tells the story of the baker and how the fire started and then it's kind of got a you know it's got a rousing chorus i could sing you a bit of it if you want go for it do you want to hear go it? go for it i do i do <laughs> i'll sing you a little bit hopefully you can hear this all right got my little guitar yep so how's it go early um early in the morning at 1 a.m as London Town was sleeping, a tiny spark lit the dark and the fire, it came creeping. Thomas woke with thick black smoke, he'd never seen such a thing. They lay the blame on Pudding Lane and the baker to the king, he said it on. Six. 
When was the Great Fire of London? They know it now. <laughs> and then where did the fire go next? At the Star Inn on Fish Street Hill, the landlord stood weeping. As the wind it blew, the sparks they flew, and the flames they started leaping. Streets were so thin they couldn't do a thing to stop that fire from spreading. For three more days it blazed and blazed. It was a nightmare they'd been dreading. Set it on fire, burn it all down. Is that the end of London town? It's gone up in flames like kindling sticks. September 1666, etc., etc. And then we do a bit about the rain because then eventually it rained and that really helped, and the wind changed direction and it helped put the fire out. So it's kind of telling that story. I hope it means we doesn't have to be rude. But that was so much better than I was expecting. Oh. And again, that sounds really rude. I'm literally saying, going, what was I expecting? What was I really expecting? Was I expecting like a Peppa Pig level song? Maybe children's music. Yes. So again, I'm literally into that going, I could listen to that all day sort of thing. It was beautiful. It was was normal music. Yeah. It was telling the story and it was well played, well sung. And yeah, I can imagine children singing it as well, but it isn't kumbaya it isn't got that horrible children's music vibe that mm. everyone hates yeah actually yeah. it's like actually yeah you can put that on coming into a school assembly all that lot and everyone would really enjoy it please t- i was expecting worse could be you know you're literally going yeah. what is primary age music and it is yeah. it's normal music but just changing the content of the writing. Yeah, exactly. We definitely, definitely don't need to patronise children. No. I mean, and, and as teachers I was expecting a bit of a, let's all join in together. Sure. Clap your hands, head, shoulder. I was like, no, no, this is primary age. You're mm. aiming at year, year sixes. You're aiming at that age range where they're beyond doing head, shoulders, knees and toes. Yeah. We're beyond all of that. Yeah. Is actually, I listen to the radio. I know what music sounds like. So you've got to meet my expectations. Yeah. And I think there's something about music and the way that we engage with it that children can be actually quite sophisticated Yeah. in music and ahead of their years, ahead of their sort of, you know, kind of learning years. So, you know, perhaps their language and speech might be quite simplistic. You know, the, the vocabulary that they use day to day, maybe they're just starting out in school, they're in reception or year one, but they could listen to really quite complex music and really engage with it and understand it and get a lot out of that. And again, when you think of story writing, a lot of mm. children will meander and wander. They won't think of a start, middle and an end. But when you think of a song, is you have your verses and you have your mm. chorus, but you're like, this is where we started. This is where it went next. This mm. is what happened next. So you're even helping structure that story writing yeah. that children are doing. Mm. So like, where did it start? And they go, we're going to get the song. Starting in, in Baker's, mm-hmm. it was a one in the morning, mm-hmm. as I remembered. Yeah. Uh, so literally, and what, when did it go next? And it, it kind of helps them think mm. about, because they've had it in a song, it's going to help them think about that structure. Yeah. And it's helping, where did it go next? And what helped put it out? Well, mm. That's probably towards the end, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So yeah. it, it helps people think. And for, for me, as I always say, is songs bring back memories and things like that. So just hearing that song a few times, 
I would know more about the fire of London yeah. than fetch the engines, which is my alternative yes, London. Yes, yeah. I know you haven't got much competition there. Yeah, um, true. Firstly, I'm quite happy. I had a one-on-one, a real impromptu gig with our start there. Yeah, and I think of other songs I know for other topics, and it's like London Bridge is falling down. I don't mm. know why we have that song. <laughs> I don't know. And we, but apparently there's lots of material. I'm literally going, did it fall down? Did it? What happened? What, why? I'm no interest. Don't know. Don't ask me. But that's another song <laughs> we used to sing. I'm going, yeah. Why? Because it's repetitive. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. Yeah. <laughs> My was, fair lady. Yes. Mm. Oh, that song. I hate the really repetitive ones because you kind of have them. And I think, again, it's where do you go next? Because mm. you have the repetitive songs. Yeah. And then you have the adult songs. Actually having the adult style song. Yeah. So almost like Kate, was a Katie, your song was like a Katie Tunstall style. I could see yeah. type stuff. Yeah. I can literally yeah. go, yeah, I can listen yeah. to this. Um, so I can literally listen to that. And I go, great. Actually, yeah, let's actually go. What topics can we squeeze into this? Mm. Yeah, I, I, because I was, you don't have to sing that song in music. That wouldn't be in your music lesson. No. You could do that in your topic. So my mission, Dale, my mission is to crowbar music and singing into every corner of education that it will that I can possibly get it into, into every subject. Okay, so what subjects have what give me some topics that you've done with your songs? Okay. In the younger age range, you know, key stage one, got songs for like transport topic for planting and growing for like that one the September 1666 I've got a geography song that teaches children all the seven continents and the the concept of the world being a globe you know the equator and we talk about what is that and why the country is hot in the equator that sort of thing and then sort of moving up I've got I've done some really random ones I've got a bear wolf song which the boys love yeah it's like what is it bear wolf warrior hero and it's all like Action hero kind of. I can imagine that. And then I've got songs about like Egyptians, Tudors, Henry VIII. I've got songs about like electricity and how circuits are made, that sort of thing. It's so amazing as a writer when teachers get in touch with me. And like recently, a teacher got in touch and said, we love your geography song and the children all know the um, seven continents, but can they remember the countries in the UK and the seas that are around them, no, they cannot. Have you got a song for that? So I've literally just written a song, which is about that. And I've got to say, embarrassingly, Dale, I had to look up what the seas were surrounding the UK because I never learnt that at school. And what are they? They are, they're the North Sea. Yep. Got the Irish Sea. Yep. I'd have to sing the song in my head now to remember it. English Channel. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. So you got the North Sea, English Channel, Irish, and you got a bit of the Atlantic, sea. and Atlantic, that's the one. Yes. Now I didn't learn that at school because there wasn't a song for that. <laughs> no, no, and that's thing. I literally, I feel like uh, there'll be a challenge owl. <laughs> yeah. Not challenge owl, a challenge owl. Yeah, challenge. So um, if you have any uh, song requests, yeah, please, um, please send them to Genuinely. the podcast so I can go. I'm looking forward to this, and then I'm going to pass them on to Al. So if you do have any requests for, yeah, deal with this topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, please, in. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. please do, because I've written so many songs now. I think I'm almost up to 60 different topic songs wow. that I've got on, on my um, school membership website. 
Wow. And I've made signing videos for them all. You've got all the words, you've got teaching notes, so everything you need. So you've got the, the video to go up on the whiteboard yep. to teach the people mm-hmm. and everything. With me teaching it. So any teachers who's like, well, <coughs> excuse me, I'm a history teacher. There's no way I'm going to be singing a song about the Great Fire of London. It's like, that's okay, I've done it for you. And you can be the teacher who says, right, watch this Because that's the thing, it is actually, or it's one of the things you... I never knew this problem existed, that there wasn't music to cover key stage two topics. Mm. Actually, yeah, so most teachers are getting go, well, why even do this? Cause it's a, but actually, there is a load of music, and as I've just heard from the 1666 song, mm-hmm. actually, it is nice to listen to. It's yeah. not one of those, oh, God, all things bright and beautiful again. Everyone to get, it's not something you're going to dread. It's actually something that your kids will enjoy, mm. and they will ask to listen to. yes. They're really popular. Not, super not avoid. Popular. <laughs> they will ask to listen to it. Yeah. And it means that golden hour, end of the day, you can put your songs on mm-hmm. and it's literally their heads, are, it's churning through that information again. Exactly. I mean, why not play a song that goes with your topic? Yeah. There's no reason not to do it, is there? And it means in year six, or anything like that, you can literally kind of go, right, let's think about the topics we've done and kind of have a, a concert for the year six. Think about the original songs. They sit there and go, there's a lot of information you've just... There's loads. Given out from those songs. I mean, the great thing, right, as a songwriter, I can take a lot of information, you know, that the children will need to learn and find out about, and I can just refer to it. So then the teacher can say, right, what do you think this line is talking about here? You know, I said something in the last song, something about the streets were so thin they couldn't do a thing to stop the fire from spreading. What does that mean? Why in 1666 in London were the streets thin? What does that mean? And what does it mean about kindling? You know, and you're sitting like, there, why would they be about, thin? So what, what are yeah. our streets like? We've got cars. Well, did they have cars? No. So why would they need to be wide if they didn't? So so let's look at some pictures. You know, they were built like this. And then the top floor came out even further. And you could shake hands with the person who lived in the house opposite you. And they were made of wood, which is why, as the wind blew, wow, that fire really spread. And it's just kind of like when children sort of, they're learning something and they're understanding those concepts and then they're singing about it and they're linking that together. It's an interesting, it's quite empowering. Yeah. And the other thing is it's a great tool for inclusivity. You know, if you have children with different levels of different learning styles, different levels of understanding and ability in your class, in your group, and you're trying to cover a topic and you're thinking, right, how can I differentiate this for all of these students, you know, I've got some who, who will write an, an entire essay on it and I've got others, you know, who can barely stay in the classroom. Then this is the perfect tool for you. You know, using the songs, everybody is suddenly, you know, you can put your pens down for a minute, put down your whiteboards and your, and your, and your pens and just listen and learn and take in the facts using a creative way of learning. You know, you can internalise all of those facts by just listening if your children are able to sing them as well and repeat them and learn them, then it really goes in. And if you're using signing, like I teach all of my songs to all of my children, whether they're mainstream school children, whether I'm at a special school, um, you know, whoever I'm working with, I always teach by using Maxon sign language because it's that kinesthetic learning. You know, the children are physically involved in the songs. They're not just singing the words, they're, they're almost physically acting it out. And they can learn a song, Dale, I'm not joking you, they can learn a whole song in 15 minutes flat and then remember it the following week. So I'll come back the next week 
right, let's see who can remember the song we learnt last week. And they will sit there and sing it and sign it to me, which is why I've had to write so many songs, because they <laughs> learn them so fast and then they want another one. <laughs> Love it. But that's the thing is, when you're learning that song, you just getting from that song, so there's very low level. So what is the song about? There was a fire. Where was it? London. That could be like a first level. And you're going up from there. So, okay, what start? Where does the fire start? And you, then you get to that point of, so how do people feel? And you can get the, so you've got, just by res- even just pulling information out of that song, mm. you've got different stuff at different levels. Exactly. You've got a great le- little lesson there. Yeah. Definitely. And you can come back to it. You've got something for your assembly if you're going to share that. You know, I know a lot of teachers love to uh, have a sharing assembly in their class, share with the rest of the school what they've been learning. It's a brilliant way for children to be able to, you know, they can show things that they've made, they'll be able to read something out, and to be able to all sing a song as well about the topic. It's ace. I've, I've already got my first song challenge for you. Okay. And again, it's something which haunted me as a child. Okay. And we went to it in secondary school, and it was a harvest festival. I've got a great harvest song. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Because I grew up in... In South London. Yeah. There were no farms. Okay. Yeah, all the songs were about sowing and renewing this like a yeah. harvest. I'm going, no one I know is a farmer. <laughs> we yeah. bought the food from Tesco's or yeah, Safeways and brought it in in a can. Yeah. Why? What are we singing about? I've got no connection to mm. this. The Harvest Festival was just for me mm. a complete waste of time because I had no interest in it. The songs were just mm. the old church songs people used to sing when we lived in the farms okay. or in that in the country. Yeah. That's got no link. So yeah. why? It's really boring. Yes. Why are we bothering with this assembly? That's what I took from it. Okay. And obviously it's still with me. Yeah. 30 odd years later. Yeah, you're I'm bitter. still bitter he's, about he's, it. He's bitter. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Harvest song, actually turning that into something. So Conkers, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. that's a song which yeah. is often sung at our Harvest, which is lovely. But I'm, come on I'm then. reaching for my guitar. Go for, go for a Harvest okay. song. So, so my angle with Harvest, okay, was I thought, right, okay, we want a, a UK-based song yep so i thought what are all the things that we that we grow and make here in the uk and i tried to think now obviously this might not apply to you at all but i tried to think right maybe some of the children would be you know would grow some of this in their garden they might have grandparents who grow things maybe they know someone with an allotment or they've seen it grown somewhere or they talk about it at school so i've tried to sort of be like a uk based sort of i've got my uh, red buzzer here Oh no, I've 
done that one. Oh no. Oh dear. Oh, first two's gone out of my mind. Oh no, he's going to buzz me. Never. Anyway, verse two talks about the trees being full of fruit. It's time to pick. It's time to harvest. So it's what I was trying to do was um, connect children with things growing and it being autumn time. So talking about the sun being lower in the sky, that sort of thing. But no, that that song. Energy from the start. Yeah. I'm not going to critiquing you because I've got no qualifications, so don't take this as a... Critique away, Dale. No, I literally started playing. I'm looking at energy. I'm looking forward to this. You talk about harvest, and it wasn't about being out in the fields, which I've got no experience on. Sure. But I'm hearing we've got the food. It's change coming. I recognise that because I've been through a couple of years, so I can recognise it because it's getting colder. Mm -hmm. And the sharing, which is what Harvest Festival is about, isn't it? It is. It's sharing food and things like that. Especially in school. We bring things in, and then we take it to people who need it right so yes i'm literally just on the first verse in the chorus Mm -hmm. i'm getting key information key messages in a song which sounds great yes the last verse which is so it's like an optional kind of third verse which is kind of mainly for key stage two children is going through all the fruit and veg so there'll be apples and pears damsons and cherries nuts and seed fruits and berries barley and wheat to make our toast nuts and seeds to dry and roast apples and you know it goes on and on with that and i've got the signs for all of them so it's like a signing challenge you know can the children in your class do all of the signs for all of those fruit and veg they love it barley and wheat (laughs) what do you make barley and wheat with what do you eat barley and wheat? It's like, um, Weetabix? It's, you don't eat barley or wheat. You eat <laughs> stuff made from stuff that comes from barley and wheat. Toast. It's a toast. So you're actually going, <laughs> barley, what do you eat that for toast of bread? Oh, you eat bread. bread. So sometimes those connections which are in songs, you don't, you have to know as an mm, adult. Yeah. Barley and wheat we use for lots of products. But as a child, you're singing a song going, what's barley and wheat? Yeah. I've never had that on the menu. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that on my plate. Never eaten that. Actually, you eat it every single day. You've just not made that connection. Yeah, yeah. Because you haven't seen barley and wheat get milled and all that process. Yeah. Loved it. Absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it. I feel like Gordon Ramsay without the swearing, judging. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is I can sit there and for me as a child, I so much preferred that song. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Um, I want to write the songs that I would have like to have sung that's what I, I love about the modern before we even started recording we have a conversation about things like that in the yeah. modern era we can sit there and reflect on things we didn't like and go why, why we, let's do it let's do it differently mm. and that's what i love about the moment is we can sit there and go i hated that as a child let's make a difference yeah. and and we can and i think your song is so fast that i've heard i'm going to listen to some more this evening sound really nice and blown away because my expectations were going to be simple, yeah. primary, yes. a step up from Bar Bar Black Sheep or yeah. Old McDonald. No, yeah. you're writing yeah. proper songs. Again, I, am. I really am. It's, re- it's, it's real music. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Go back to earlier about I'm not going to write for children. Yeah. In your head, you probably had that idea that it's going to be simplistic yes, songs, I did. but you're not. You're probably yeah. writing the same sort of songs. Do you know, Dale, that is honestly what I did. I said to the head teacher who asked me and said, you know, would you sing with the children when I first started? I was like really pompous and I said, well, I I will write my own song. And I thought, right, if I'm going to write a song, I will use the same integrity that I would write any song, you know, to make, I want to make it sound the best it can be. I want it to be melodic. I want the the words to not be, you know, babyish and simplistic. 
I won't be patronising, you know. I yeah. mean, uh, my ethos when as a play worker as well, you know, is children's rights, is respecting children, is giving them power, you know, making them into the people they're helping them to be, the people they want to be, in, you know, individuals and discovering things in the world and opening children's eyes, you know, us as educators, that's at the heart of what we do. When I produce the songs, I use real musicians. You know, I have an actual real drummer. I've got a real bass player who is a person. I've got lovely musicians who play. You know, I've got the mandolin on some songs. I've got bazooki. I've got accordion and, you know, like real musicians. So, you know, if you're downloading my music or uh, listening to it in your classroom, not only is it, you know, the words mean something, it sounds good and it's played by real real musicians. We're a real band of real people. You can come to our gig. We can come to your school. You know, it's like proper. That's the thing. It is that whole, what you're saying there. It's kind of, I said, okay, that's what I was expecting. So, but I meeting you, I kind of was belittling you going, this is going to be simple. But it's, it wasn't. It was just, it, it was a real, same integrity as music. It's mm. just, you've just chosen to actually sing about what at their level mm. the stuff information they need that's relevant to them so i was just yeah. thinking of i go back to nursery rhymes so bar bar black sheep have you any wolf so mm-hmm. sheep comes from wolf comes sheep cool great got that old mcdonald lots of different animals mm-hmm. on the farm yep my wife will always sing old mrs mcdonald because farmers don't have to be yeah women, i so. do that i do a second verse of that yep old so mcdoodle she has crazy things on her farm i tell you so you learn but then i get to um <laughs> the song winds a bobbin up yeah but that's really, really old, Dale. I know. That's, that's, okay. that's a, part of our sort of folk culture, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. You sit there going, what am I getting from this song? Yeah. Part, there's some action. Yes. But, but I'm going, what are we winding the bobbing up for? Is that, so again, so lots of things, again, with the songs we sing to children, yeah. some of them come by, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. We, we're singing songs, getting to sing songs, yeah. and you're going, come by, oh, yeah. my Lord. what's the what, relevance? What, what, what am I singing about? Why is my connection? So yeah. I'm not going to enjoy it. Whereas... Your songs is lively, instant hit, but actually we're studying a topic about this song. So you, mm. you could even do the song first and do the whole song and then get onto the topic and go, ah, yes, or yeah. the other way around. Exactly. So exactly. it makes so much more sense and an mm. instant connection with that song. Yeah. At this time of recording, we are trying to help our children catch up, aren't we? It's a very big thing at the moment, sort of post- Yep. COVID. And, um, you know, I, I really, really think that music and singing across your different topics and at different times of the day and, you, you know, using that secret weapon in your learning is the way ahead. I think it's, it, will, it will help children, for one thing, remember, you know, schools at the time of recording, obviously now, schools being closed for a while and the children are coming back. So that's, for one thing, that's really nerve-wracking for them, you know, and we're thinking a lot about children's well-being. And at any time of the year, you know, whatever time you're listening to this, whether COVID is in the dim and distant past, you know, you still have children who come to school and they feel unsafe, they feel nervous, children, you know, who have high anxiety. And music is a great way to help children feel more relaxed and comfortable and also, you know, I think I mentioned before about children having different learning styles. Yeah. Using songs and, and music, it just kind of in a clever way, really helps those children to be able to engage along with their peers. My daughter, for instance, has um, 
various kind of complicated additional needs, in particular dyslexia. So when you meet her on face value, she's got the gift of the gab, she's all talk, she's super confident, she's like buzzing, she's the one with the hand up all the time, but she cannot write a thing down, she cannot write it down. And in school they work with learning partners a lot. And that is a lot for a child to take on, you know, the fact that the person sitting next to them, you know, they've just had a discussion, they've worked out what they want to do, is sitting there writing everything out on their whiteboard or their, or their paper, they're writing it all down. And she cannot get a thing down on the page. And even if she does, she can't read it back, no one can tell what on earth it is. And just, you know, that's just one example of a, of a, of a barrier, you know, yeah. to, to being able to learn. You know, learning sort of like through the songs and, and through listening and through absorbing. If they were singing a song, if they were singing the song, for example, I think their their recent topic at the moment is Egyptians. And I've got a killer song about embalming, <laughs> which is really quite gross. And, um, you know, they would all be able to sing that. And she would be singing that. The person next to her would be singing it. In fact, she'd probably be singing it better, you know, yep. and uh, because she's not having to kind of write that down. But she's getting all of those facts, you know. And the thing with that catch-up is if you think about what most children, how their last year has been, basically for most children their year has been alone. Yeah. Yes, they're in their house That's with right. their family, mm. but generally they are in front of a laptop mm. looking at a teacher and everyone's webcams off. They don't really see their friends. Mm. It's just the teacher, the web, and they're generally they're sitting alone for eight hours well, a day. Some schools didn't even do that, Dale. And they some just sent them things. They just yeah. emailed them something to do at home. <laughs> so, what you really want is you want to right now. What you really want to be boosting is children communicating, children getting away from paper mm. or words or screens or things like that, and mm. actually, let's try and get that school can be fun and, and entertaining mm. and make the learning as fun as possible and get them using their voices and working with that person next to them mm -hmm. singing songs and things like that. Feeling happy in their environment, glad to be back. Feeling uh, a, a group. Because yeah. for a year they haven't been in a group. They yeah. have been 30 individual children mm. working with a teacher. What you want to do is get them back as a class. Yeah. Get them together mm. and working together and supporting each other and things like that and uh, yeah i think music is a great way of doing that it is yeah i think it's the way <laughs> of doing that you know it's the it's definitely the best way using a song you know strategically th throughout the day you know you've you've got songs that like you were talking about that create different moods yeah you know so a song that's playing when when everyone comes in that's like welcoming a welcome song it's fun it's fun it's friendly it's it's not walking into an empty quiet classroom that's a bit little bit scary and nerve-wracking because that's nerve-wracking for us adults as well isn't it everything that the children are, are feeling we're feeling too it's like my god you know i've been stuck at home you know i haven't done this for a while my class is coming in or anyone who's new to teaching have you ever been in that situation where you're kind of you're you're booked into a school at a certain time mm. and you're booked in let's say at half three mm -hmm. so you get there about 22 mm -hmm. I, I literally walk in and we're ready so i don't need to do that so i'll get in there about 10 minutes early and i've arrived at a school only to be found that they thought they booked me at three so i'm walking into a hall with a hall full oh, of people and they're ready they feel like i'm 20 minutes late i'm 10 minutes early and that fear mm. of standing 
hate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And for some children just walking into a class, it kind of feels like that. It does. It really so, does. Especially when those 20 people are just sitting there, or that room is just sitting there waiting. So yeah. again, if you can put some music on, a bit mm. jolly, a bit, um, thing like that. one of the songs my uh, daughter learned, she's in year six, and this was the first part before lockdown. And then she starts singing a song, and you just stop and go, what is she? Yeah. She's talking about singing about being born and raised in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> on the basketball court, well, she spent most of her fields. days. And I'm going, okay, so yeah. she's um, perfect. But again, she absolutely loved that song. <laughs> and she learned the full version. I didn't realise there's a longer version than you see in the credits. There's a much, but So she learned this full song and she absolutely loved it. And it was, again, bringing her and her friends together. Yeah, great. Um, so yeah. yeah, songs just so powerful, and I can imagine having that on when you walk into the classroom. Mm. They would all be going, "Yeah, homie, smell you later." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, it just breaks that barrier. Breaks yeah. the. It does. Um, and it takes attention away. Takes attention away. Yeah, and the same thing. You know, if you need to wake your class up a bit, shake things up. You can put on some music or, or sing a song that's particularly about that. I did a really lovely project a few years ago, Dale, that was working in a preschool, writing as, a, as like a residential songwriter and working with the children and the preschool staff, thinking about tricky times of the day and writing songs for those times of the day. And it was so interesting. You know, and the children themselves were saying, you know, it's really hard when we've got to finish when the teacher or the, the, the worker, you know, says it's time to pack away, it's really, we hate it. So we were like, right, what can we do about that? You know, and, we, and so we wrote some songs about, you know, it's time to pack away, you know, and about how, who can get as many things in as, as, as they can. And by the point, this point in the song, you've got to be ready. Then we did things like, you know, washing your hands. We did a washing your hands song. It's like, why bother? But we did it as a really dramatic, you know, get the soap and get the, you know, and m tried to make washing your hands fun getting your coat on to go outside it's time to go outside and we did we did a you know a silly one we used songs that were that they already knew the tunes of because they were young yeah so i think we used the tune for one man went to mow went to mow a meadow and we did one about going outside and it's like what do you need to put on and we we always ended up with a bit about a smelly sock one sock and they absolutely went mad for it <laughs> i bet i bet but now the um you know the setting they use these songs and uh, I made teaching videos so that the practitioners and the staff could all learn the songs themselves and learn the signs. Well, that was that was an interesting and bit there. So that getting ready to go out, yeah, that can be quite anxious. Really, yeah, transitions. So that transition, you've got to get ready by this time. Whereas yeah. if you turn it into a song, yeah, it kind of it's distraction. It's yeah, it can help. I bet that can really help with that anxiety. Yeah, it bridges the gap between between two things with a, by squeezing another thing in almost yeah so it's like we haven't got this massive right we're inside we're doing this thing we've got to finish it we've got to get outside now and everyone's got to do it you know it's like the children who struggle with transitions that just does their head in it's so it's just the end of the world isn't it also you know when you start singing if you know this song mm. you now literally subconsciously mm. not consciously but subconsciously you now have a timeline that's going to going to follow yeah which might be 200 minutes long but you know right I've, i know from where i am in this song i can mm. just finish this and then i've got to put it away 
So you kind of actually, you know, I've got this long, so yeah. I have to do this. And yeah. from then I'm going to go here. So you literally, you're helping them see what's next and that timing. Because mm. we're going now. It's like, whoa, what do yeah. you mean now? I'm not ready. Yeah. As soon as that song starts, mm. oh, I've got a minute. And also, it's not someone telling you. Because I think, I mean, certainly my daughter is uh, is very averse to being told what to do. It's yeah. like being allergic to something and setting. So yep. A lot of children are absolutely allergic to being told what to do. And children are told what to do all the time. And especially at school all day long, you've got to come in, open your book, do the thing, sit down, go out, go to assembly, come back in, do the thing, eat the food, finish the food, you know, and it's like constantly being told what to do. And if they can have any control over it or feel that they have a little more control you know if you're just putting on a song and everyone just starts singing it's fine back away or whatever whatever the thing is it's not someone standing over them telling them yeah and maybe you've just done yourself a favor of having a battle for yeah. the thousandth time with one of your pupils who really struggles with transitions sometimes we need to go out now Actually, five minutes later, you're still saying we need to go out mm. now. So when is now? Was it five minutes ago or is it now now? Yeah. Because when you say we need to go out now, we're supposed to be out of the classroom. It's like, well, I, I need to know a definite timeline because he's yeah. not ready. Yeah. So I, I'm ready. Well, I'm ready when he's ready. What, what? So sometimes that now is mm. uh, not a precise moment. Absolutely. And if you take things literally. Yes. So having yeah. that song starting, I've got, I know I've got a minute left. I know from yeah. past experience, I've just got enough time to put my pencil case away slightly and put it all away. Yeah. I know my schedule for this spit. Yes, yeah. Ah. So while we're talking about that, Dale, can I just say we're going to be doing another podcast soon, aren't we? Yes. And we're going to talk about writing your own songs. And I just want to mention that now because you can do this in your class. So you can think about the tricky times of the day, think about your students and what they struggle with, and just start making a little note. Keep a note maybe on your phone or something and just think, right, okay, oh, that bit drives me mad every day. Just make a note. This drives me mad. Okay. And then just have a look. See if you can find a song that deals with that issue. You might want to come and look at my website. I might have that song. Or I will show you in another podcast how easy it is to write your own song. And I'm talking really simple here for non-music trained people you know, doing something like I did in the preschool and writing, you know, to a so- to a tune that already exists, but tailoring the song to your needs. And you've got yourself a mighty fine tool there. I bet. <laughs> I can imagine, like, coming in after you've got, like, a quiet time after break, that could be really hard and you're yeah. basically battling constantly. Whereas, actually, if you have this song mm. um, about kind of what you're going to be doing and kind of going to help people come in they'll have that song and it helps them understand what's next mm. and it, it helps them make with that transition wow so we've uh, squeezed uh, a whole concert into this podcast or <laughs> 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 there was no buzzers which was great Hurrah, they, phew, phew. they were great songs they really were thank you and sound, i found like <laughs> really bad that i was expecting you to be rubbing Oh, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the thing, so I literally, my wife says, why do you say that? It sounds like, well, I, don't, I know, and I get what she means now. It sounds like I'm being horrible. <laughs> but I had set the bar low based on my personal experiences. Yeah, yeah. And you put that bar through the roof. Well, I'll tell you what, the bar is pretty low with children's music. So, and it really needs moving up a notch or two. <laughs> it does. I, I, yeah, I am going to be listening to you this evening without a Brilliant. doubt. Because it was, I literally got going, oh, this isn't plinky plonky. This is real 
music that I listen to at home, but talking about the fire of London. So uh, yeah, I was blown away. Thank you, Dale. <laughs> so big thank you for coming on here and giving me my own personal um, concert. All those listening at home, you weren't really here. I was here. <laughs> and Al has provided me links to lots of useful links to her website uh, with great resources, all the stuff she's mentioned, the topic songs, you can go find about, all about on her website and also another website called uh, Sing Up. So go have a look at those. You'll find the show notes on our website, www.thesendcast.com. Big thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. I'll be booking tickets for the next Our Concert soon. You can find links to subscribe across the different podcast platforms on our website. Please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at The Sendcast. And on Facebook and Instagram, we're just The Sendcast. And please use social media to share the Sendcast with others, share the great news, share the great information you're getting from my guests. Um, before we go, I'd like to remind you about what we do here at B Squared, as well as this podcast, we have our online CPD platform, Training for Education. You will find a number of our guests um, from the podcast are speakers at our virtual Send conference, or they've recorded their own training course. Training for Education is a great way to get affordable CPD for all staff around SEND that is still extremely effective. Visit www.trainingforeducation.com for more information. And lastly, don't forget our assessment product. This is what B-Squared is known for, helping schools show the small steps of progress pupils with SEND make. We cover a huge range from early years to post-16 and preparing for adulthood. Visit www.bsquared.co.uk for more information. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Sendcast. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye-bye. <laughs>